welcome back to the Miles Offside podcast. Well, nope, I hate it. I hate when I change it. It just feels wrong. <laughs> Fuck that. Never mind. Abort. Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nothing. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar, and with me as always is my co-host, Chuck Bailey. All right, and chuckling in the background, he's our favorite producer in the world. It's Ian Stimson. So Chuck can add uh, Diego Maradona to his uh, Neil Warnock impression. <laughs> Building up quite a yeah. catalog of of managers yeah. here now, guys. Oh, yeah. man. That's a man that probably shouldn't have a camera and a microphone in front of him. <laughs> I think you mean should always have a microphone and a camera. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Little column A, little column B. Yeah. yeah, he is a delight, man. I like that. Just took me back to the World Cup for a second. Our early, oh, early days yeah. recording and the madness yeah. at the World Cup with Daniel. when he looked like he was having spiritual experiences. Uh, when he's not flipping off the rest of the uh, dignitaries or whatever oh, he's God. doing. Yeah, <laughs> was in it Nigerian dignitaries? He was just yeah. swearing at. And it, oh <laughs> God, cocaine's a hell of a drug, kids. Yeah, yeah, and and allegedly interacting with some fans. In an exchange of monetary goods for illicit substances, maybe. I'm not even sure you need to say allegedly there. I think we're fine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was on camera. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Uh, so, if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. We're happy to have you. We are a football slash soccer podcast that goes on tangents quite a lot. If you are coming back because you liked our Marvel Super Spectacular special episode... Um, sorry to disappoint, we are not a nerd <laughs> Marvel podcast every week, but, you know, it comes up not infrequently because we are pretty big nerds. Um, and if you're coming back from even f- before that, then, you know, find find a better way to spend your time, really. This is, this is a problem now. Problem for us, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for, for coming us. back. Yeah. It's doing nothing for my drinking habit. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying you have to be drunk to pod with us? No, I'm just saying it happens. I don't know, because it kind of feels like... Because, you know, with, with the baby and stuff, it's not like I, I, we, I go out much, like me, me and the missus. So it's kind of like, yeah. you know, having a beer with some friends. Although although yeah. tonight I've got a, a nice bottle of Malbec. So um, Oh, lovely. Lovely. Nice. Fancy. Yeah. Very I'm wondering nice. if we should start a, a feature, which is drink along, drink along with Mop. Yeah. We just tell people what we're drinking this week. Uh, so I'm drinking from Sainsbury's, uh, a nice Argentinian Malbec, Santa Julia. Very nice. Very um, nice. Ian, what are you drinking? Bulmers. Bulmers. Lovely. <laughs> and Oscar, what uh, what are you drinking right there? Uh, typical American. I'm drinking soda. Just lots of soda all the time. Okay, so there you go. That's a Coke Zero. So there you've got the beginner, the... Uh, <laughs> You've got the beginner, the medium, and the expert level of podcasting. So just pause the podcast now, pop to the shops, and uh, choose whichever drink you prefer out of which presenter. And uh, oh, I like that, yeah. Yeah, and then join us. We're going to start yep. looking at a thing. One's likely to give you uh, liver disease, and one's likely to give you diabetes. So go ahead and pick your poison. Yeah, you know. Well, gentlemen, can you believe it? Quarter of a century. Episode 25, the big one. Doesn't seem like it could be episode 25. I suppose we did get a lot of mileage out of the World Cup, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did record a lot because we were so buoyant on England's performance. And by buoyant, <laughs> I mean drunk. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> some more than others. <laughs> but yeah, episode 25, so I've got a 25 fact. It was 25 years ago that Manchester United beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-1 and set the Red Devils on course to give Alex Ferguson his first title. He bit, They beat out... Aston Villa to second place. They were runners up that year. That year in the Premier League, Norwich City were in third. Steve Bruce scored two headers to turn the game around, and the second of which was in the ninety seventh minute, and that's when the term Fergie time was born. 
Ooh. We got, that was like a multitude of 25 facts. I know. That was almost 25 facts about the number 25. Chuck, do you have any particular memories of getting destroyed in Fergie time or Fergie time playing, uh, being a victim of Fergie time? Um, being a victim of Fergie time. No, Palace haven't really had much, much going on with like Man United. Um, we've had some good like cup finals, obviously, and just getting dicked. But that was the the one in 91 was before Ferguson's time. Uh, then I think we knocked them out in 2000 something with a lovely goal. Um, and then obviously the FA Cup final recently, but that was um, Louis Louis Van Gaal's army. Um, <laughs> add that to the the manager. Another another one. Yeah. Another one. I should put this stuff on my CV. It'd be great. <laughs> um, but no, no, we only just got our first point against Man United in the Premier League era. For God's sake, this week just dropping that one in there because we probably won't talk about that terrible game much. <laughs> that nil nil. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give it a passing glance. I think. All right, well, as is our usual style, we'll start off with some news stories, then we'll get into, we're going to actually this week dig deep into one particularly notable football match from the weekend, take a quick break, and then come back, dig into the rest of the matches, look at some predictor games, and preview next week's episodes, do some listener questions, etc., and call it a day. So let's get right to it with our rapid, rapid, rapid fire news. Our top story this evening, England to play in the finals of the Nations League against Portugal next summer. Gentlemen, is it finally coming home? That was a very reserved way of saying that, Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) Way to put a Dower spin on it. It's almost like a team that you like got relegated in that competition. I don't Um, know what you're talking about. That's definitely not our second news story. What we were talking (laughs) about is coming home was Group A4 of the inaugural 18-19 Nations League, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) That's what was coming home. Oh, that's such a ring to it. Oh, (laughs) it scans really well. Are you going to get that on the back of an England jersey? Yeah, I'm gonna get a UEFA Nations League Group A4 patch on an England bat, on an England shirt. Nice. I can't wait to hear that as a lyric in uh, Three Lions 2032. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys care? Do you honestly care? Like, I don't know. I ca- I kind of catch myself caring a little bit just because it's like competitive. <laughs> but then you see the four teams that went through, and it's it's England, Portugal, Switzerland, and the Netherlands, and it's not exactly the most mm. in. Inspiring of top fours. Yeah, no. it's, it's, it's not. No. Dare, dare we say that England could actually be favourites, which means we'll just get battered in the first game. Overall, though, I, I don't think you can say that the Nations League wasn't really a success. Like, the idea of the tournament is great, you know, whether you don't agree or, or you think it's quite convoluted or confusing at the minute with a setup. But I think it's great to have more competitive games. Yeah, it's better than uh, friendly, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, and have something to root for. And, you know, you look at, like, the bottom leagues and, and you see teams like, you know, Moldova won two games. Um, Luxembourg won a few games. Uh, Faroe Islands, Gibraltar even. Gibraltar went on a two-match unbeaten, uh, a two-match win streak. You know, <laughs> like, all, all these teams that actually get the chance and, you know, Scotland got promoted and might play <laughs> in the same group as Germany. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, the big boys. Uh, Germany playing the big boys in uh, the next division. Yeah, no, not every team had success. No, in the no, Nations League, they didn't, did they? No, Germany. That's our next story, I guess. If we have to talk about it. <laughs> well, well, well. You write the section, so if you put that as second, <laughs> he w- we wouldn't let him get away with it if he didn't. Yeah, then. yeah. You know. uh, Germany got relegated after a ninety-seventh minute goal from. Holland. Yeah, Germany Germany 2-0 up in the 85th minute to to have a emotional oh, two draw. Is that really how it happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it <laughs> I'm did. telling you, I kept paid zero attention to it. They were up 2-0 in the 85th. Yep. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> that's so bad. Oh, that's beautiful that you were able oh. to tell him that live. Yeah, oh, I really didn't know that. Yeah, you've got to worry whether whether Yogi Lowe is is gonna be kept on like after the embarrassment of the World Cup and then this like. Yeah, I mean, I haven't talked to Yogi Love in a few weeks, but I'd have to imagine that his priority <laughs> is the actual qualification process for the Euros and not this weird bullshit sort of qualification thing. Oh, uh, you're saying that now because Germany are relegated, right? 
Yeah, I've been. Uh, I was really big up on the Nations League until Germany got relegated. Now I don't care. Chuck, we have no room to talk. We're all of a sudden really interested in the UEFA <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nations League. Listen, we're all very busy, and we just pick and choose what we can, and and uh, we just happen to have um, got into the final four, guys. So... Wait, but so you're the expert on this. I thought that it actually is beneficial to be in the second level because that's the level that wins potentially a free spot into the Euros. Isn't that true? No, every every there's there's now a four place playoff within the four winners of the groups, um, which happens after the Euros qualification to decide who would be like the Nations League champion. But then if you have already qualified for the Euros, you wouldn't be in that qualification. So potentially then a second place spot would move up and in and et cetera, et cetera. There's a whole, there's an actual really good video on it that describes it much better than I could. There's like graphics and, and stuff and, and different colored dots. And it's quite enjoyable um, with a lovely narrator. And um, yeah, if you look that up, that kind of explains, I think it's about a seven minute video um, on, on how exactly. Alan Partridge's Guide to World Cup 94. <laughs> <Goal>! <laughs> um yeah, to describe kind of how it works from here, because there'll be playoffs. It doesn't, it doesn't really make a difference so much. I mean, in a way, it does what league you're in, but more as insurance if you don't qualify for the Euros in a traditional way. So, say okay. for example, somehow next year Germany through the Euro qualifiers didn't qualify, but they were in League B. Well, mm-hmm. then they would be in a in a fourteen bracket to take an extra qualification spot. And bearing in mind, most of the good teams probably would have qualified the traditional way. Then they could be playing really weak teams and it could help them. But it's very much like, a, although it could be potentially beneficial, like you're running a big gambit by basically throwing away the standard form of Euro qualification to then go into a crapshoot in a, in a knockout bracket. So what you're saying is Germany are playing the long game and being strategic. <laughs> By making for themselves a safety net in case anything happens to go wrong through traditional qualifying, now they'll be the best safety net team. I mean, that's what I'm taking away, and we're moving on. But just so you know, nope, that nope, wouldn't we're happen. On. That nope. wouldn't happen nope, until nope, nope. the I said next we are moving on. cycle of tournaments. It, you don't get it. Next story: <laughs> FIFA ethics judge arrested in Malaysia on suspicion of corruption. <laughs> oh my this god! I brilliant. forgot that we were going to bring this up, and yeah. I love. Oh, it was a while I, ago now, but it's. Oh, so it good. was. I remember you sending a message in a WhatsApp group, like, "Oh, this is just so delicious that uh, the ethics judge is under investigation for being unethical." <laughs> oh, you can take blatter out of FIFA. yeah it's amazing he was arrested in malaysia on suspicion of corruption on tuesday on a tuesday the 20th and resigned on wednesday as director of arbitration services (laughs) he was detained by the malaysian anti-corruption commission after returning from fifa business in the previous evening with loads of used notes in his suitcase unless he was being trained as an assassin to 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 do a Zoolander situation and kill the Malaysian Prime Minister. Yeah, everything Zoolander, Chuck. Everything Zoolander. <laughs> oh, is there a more FIFA thing than being arrested for corruption at this point? Like, oh, it's just, it's just when you see it and it, and you just think that, oh yeah, that all makes perfect sense. There's a there's a slightly more FIFA thing, and that's uh, wanting to expand the World Cup to 48 teams, so as it now has to go to the neighbouring countries of Qatar oh. as well. Which is yes, fucking uh, insane. What's his name? Gianni Infantino, Infantino. Who, just, who just all of a sudden just goes, oh, well, maybe we'll make the Qatar World Cup uh, 48 teams or not. Yeah. Now, you know, you look at the American model and, and they did it with Mexico and Canada and they don't have like the best relationship. Yeah, but it would be Qatar <laughs> with like yeah. Saudi not Arabia lately. and like, like countries that are massively anti each other publicly just go, oh, yeah, just share it. It's nuts. It's Still telling myself it's not happening. How fucking weird is that going to be? Like the Premier League season, what, 10 games in and all of a sudden it's like, all right, we'll see you guys in January. I mean, well, and how long does it have to shut down for? Because obviously there's the all the stuff around it, you know, it's... Yeah. It's, yeah. But especially if they make it a 48-team World Cup. Yeah, it's going to go on forever, isn't it? Oh my God. Like, how would it work? What would they do yeah. in the summer? Like, would they still Even take... Wales might qualify at that point. 
let's not <laughs> let's not go that far. And also, Oscar, you, you know, you're very much in a glass house situation right now. <laughs> okay, all right. You're just about qualify for the one you're hosting, mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> Ooh, everything is great. Everything's great. All right. Haven't even got onto Chelsea yet. <laughs> What a fucking great, great episode. I'm so happy to be recording. <laughs> next story. Premier League to start using VAR from next season. There yeah! we go. Cheer up, Oscar. We got what we wanted. V-A-R. V-A-R. Cameraman. Cameraman. Yeah, it's going to be good, isn't it? Very excited. Unless it's that thing they said where it's going to be like one room watching six games at once. I'm not a fan of that. I want... It's still better than no rooms watching no games at once. Yeah, that's true. I want one guy, like, I want them all in the same kit. I want <laughs> I want there to be a Sky <laughs> subscription option where you can press the red button and vote yeah. for VAR. That's what I want the next logical step to be, guys. Now that, now that the door is slightly ajar, let's force in a load of ridiculous suggestions <laughs> and imply that decisions could be made by po- popular vote. Make Simon Cowell the head of VAR. For the Premier League. Nah, nah, you see where this is going? You see, this right, is it. This right, is it. Right. You, you drop something out there in the world and it, and it starts to snowball. This is like our Marvel episode all over again. Chuck's just giving away good ideas. I know, yeah. Left, right, and center. No, but you know what? I just want to see these things happen. And that's it. And I want Simon Powell to sit. Simon Powell? Simon Powell. That's not his name, is it? <laughs> to just sit there and have a, a video presented to him and him just go, it's a no from me. And then that's it. And then carry on with the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much to say other than finally fucking about time. And that's great. Yeah. Praise be to Charlie Austin for making it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in, Oscar. What happened with Chelsea this weekend? Uh, we got fucking wrecked. Spurs really three, Chelsea one. Uh, just to briefly throw the XG out there, it is 4.0 to Tottenham. <laughs> I saw that. Ooh. I yeah. saw that and just knew so, you would bring it up. 1.1 and- to Chelsea. So, you know, that's an old school fucking beatdown. A dick in. Nothing to say. Like, genuinely, Spurs were better. They had a fantastic game plan. They knew that if they shut down Jorginho, everything runs through him in the middle of the pitch. So they stuck, uh, I think it was Ali. I kind of have blocked that out of my memory, but they put someone, I'm pretty sure it was Deli Ali on him to man mark him the entire time. So he was incredibly limited to the amount of passing he could do. Most, yeah. He had like, I think it was one third his usual average of passes completed yeah, in a match. It was, it was the lowest passes he's completed since he's played. Yeah. And they were all backwards, which okay. is also like, that was the bigger thing for me is that like he passes a ton, but he's not one of those midfielders who just passes back and forth with the center backs. He plays a lot of forward balls and they completely eliminated that. And Chelsea just didn't know what to do with it. Um, and Spurs were really good on the day. Like, so before, so before I guess I go off, why don't you guys tell me what you thought of the match? I, I, I low key said it last week and, and got, well, not last week, sorry, last time around, but got shot down that somehow Tottenham will end up finishing second this season. And that's because they're, they're just kind of, slowly ticking along and then they'll have amazing performance like that where you know Chelsea were flying and and Chelsea I, I, there's been a lot of questions come up about Chelsea now and I think we'll we'll cover it a bit saying like oh were we too quick to judge but not realizing the irony that now you're being quick to judge to say that Chelsea aren't that good because of one result mm-hmm. um you know the flaws are still there you know David Luiz is still there um, the best defensive midfielder in the world isn't playing as a defensive midfielder. You know exactly as you said. You target you target the main the main pass maker and the main creator in that whole team, the kind of engine that everything runs through, and shut him out of the game. And, and lo and behold, not not that much happens. It's it's one of those cliches, and and the XG shows it that that Tottenham could have had or should have had six or seven maybe in that game. Yeah, um, watching it. I mean, I uh, I actually managed this weekend for the first time in God knows how long on Saturday to get all the way through till match of the day in the evening without knowing any scores. Did the match of the day challenge? And it, yeah, I actually did it because I was I was at work during the day and I just bought a new TV and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do this properly. 
Yeah, I am, because I finished work at about 8 o'clock so I could get home and match of the day's on at 10.30 here and do this properly. And I saw Tottenham-Chelsea come up first. And I thought, ooh, hello. <laughs> What's happened this here, is going to be good. And then, I, and then I saw Palace-Man United come up last and I thought... Yeah, that's nil-nil. <laughs> um, <laughs> Double-edged there. Um, yeah. And yeah, so tell us but, about your new TV. What kind of TV? What's the brand? What's it got? What are the features? And how did the football look on it? Let's talk about anything but Chelsea. <laughs> no, no, you're not getting away with that easily. Yeah. Um, no, Tot- Tottenham did look really good. And it, it was also, they were just solid. And Chelsea just looked really lost I mean you look at the the I think it was the second goal which was Harry Kane's where he kind of just drifts in about 30 odd yards out and 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 just comes across comes in and then comes across the box and just hits a shot which is like a well-placed shot but it's not really with massive pace or or the the type of venom you'd expect him to hit it and and David Luiz just moves out of the way and as such Arita Balaga kind of stands there and goes wait the defender hasn't blocked oh it's in yeah, Keppa was diving in the other direction already, or he was starting to cheat to dive in the other direction. Mm. And then the ball just, like, trickled past him. It was, a, it was like, a well-placed shot, but it wasn't hard hit. And he just, nice. like, slowly watched it go by him. It was very, very aggravating. Although, you mentioned Harry Kane, um, and I feel that I should, uh, you know, give credit where credit is due here. Apologize um, for all your slating of him, you mean? Well, hmm. t- let's let's be more nuanced than that. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, myself, along with all the other like analytics type people on the internet, spent a lot of the first few months of the season talking about, oh, Harry Kane's broken. Harry Kane's not the same Harry Kane he was. Um, and the the numbers very much played that out. He was doing yeah one third as many shots per ninety. Uh, the low intensity, the high intensity runs were basically dried up. Shots from outside the box were dried up, which is an implication that he's not creating space for himself, etc., etc. And in his last three matches, he's got... um, The number had been down to three shots per 90. In his last three matches, he had eight shots, three shots, then five shots. So, you know, getting that up to above five per 90, which is obviously almost double and back closer Mm. to his original numbers he's got two goals in those three night three matches and specifically in this match he got back to his old shooting numbers he took shots from outside the box including obviously his goal was from pretty far away um and a lot of actual sprints to the point where um my favorite soccer analytics person michael cayley uh he's a spurs fan and he tweeted during the match harry kane is out there playing like a man with two ankles so, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny, um, but also like obviously not great that it was happening against Chelsea. He had an old school Kane performance, um, and it wasn't just this one off. It's been his last like three matches. Uh, one yeah. of the other guys that I really really like, Ted Knutson, who runs Stats Bomb. He's the f- and he came up with one of the big XG models. Mm-hmm. Um, tweeted out a radar map. Yeah, I saw uh, that of like the last month compared three, the to the last month. three matches compared right, to everything yeah. else. Yeah, exactly. Um, and his shots per 90 are back up. His XG per 90 tripled. Um, his successful dribbles is more than double what it was pre those three matches. So his his numbers are back up. It's only three matches, so sample size. But like that's a genuine improvement compared to what they had been. Um, the caveat there, I would say, being that those three matches were against Wolves, Crystal Palace... And Chelsea. Chelsea obviously being a a very legitimate team on that list, but the other two being, no disrespect, Chuck, Wolves and Palace relegation teams. Yeah. (laughs) A promoted team and a team that looks likely to be in the relegation race. So, like, you know, a bit of salt on that, but he looked great. He really did look like Harry Kane of old. Yeah, so, like, his numbers have jumped back up recently, like, especially in the last three matches, notably. Um, But the concern is, like, can he keep going with that? Right? And, like, sure, he's healthy now, and maybe he slowed down and he had some rest. Even if he kept playing, like, he played less intense, and now he's picking that fitness back up. Is that sustainable? Or is he potentially going to burn out, gas out again, if he starts going hard? Yeah, well, I wonder if if he had been saving himself, or, or Tottenham had, by taking it easy. Just because of, you know, it, it's very well known about how congested the fixture schedule gets this time of year. I mean, between now and new year 
there's seven game weeks. So in like a month and four days, they have to play seven games. It's it's outrageous. And then and then an eighth game week just a few days after that. Yeah, and that's also not including Europe and cup competitions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think they there could have been a bit of, of saving himself and, and you know, with his next fixtures being as good as they are, um, he could really hit a, a good vein of form for them to for them to kick on and, and, and get a solid amount of points because Man City are a steamroller still that are just gonna keep on going. Like, you know, yeah, fair enough yeah, they were yeah, playing yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, no offense to West Ham, but they're not the best team and they just blew them away four nil, easy peasy. Um and and you can again this year you can just see them doing that to every team. So all these teams just have a chance of the only the only way that they're going to get anywhere is just by holding on for dear life. They're the same as Liverpool. We've said, we've said Liverpool this year haven't really played with the shackles off so much, and that's because I think now like if they did play with the shackles off and go to that unchained like all attacking Liverpool and got caught out in a couple of games, then the title race is over once again. Yeah, and it is, you know, looking more and more likely as far as the title race goes with City just just pulling away from everybody else, Um, which, you know, we've talked about a little bit and we can always come back to that uh, as the season progresses. But in terms of Tottenham, like, uh, looking at their fixture list and they have a ton of matches, but then they have Arsenal this weekend and then the next, like, even remotely difficult, and that's at this point being generous, match is against United on the 13th of January. Like, yeah. all of their fixtures, I'm looking at the FPL one, are all twos and threes. So they have Southampton, Leicester, Burnley, Everton, Bournemouth, Wolves, and Cardiff are those matches. So, like, from an FPL perspective, good time to pick up Spurs players, but also... Like, I guess maybe he won't have to exert him, exert himself that much. I don't know. I just feel like with Kane, Spurs go. And with him picking it back up and hitting old Kane form, that is potentially dangerous for the other teams in the table around them, notably Chelsea, um, but also to a, less, to a lesser extent, or maybe to a greater extent, I should say, Arsenal and United, who are looking at Spurs and being like, no, no, we don't want you to pull away. We need this to be a race for fourth place. I don't think Man United are even close to competing in that race now, man. Man United are seven points off fourth. Like, that yeah. is so poor. They that's, yeah, that's true. All right. That's so poor. RIP in peace, Jose Mourinho, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, so I guess to me what I'm trying to say is, like, to sum it up, is the big question is Kane looks better, legitimately better, not a fluke. I'll, I'll eat shit for what I talked. He looks better in the last three matches. Well, you weren't, can that continue? you weren't wrong. It's just, you know, there, there has been yeah, an improvement. Yeah, yeah. There's been right. an improvement. He was he was not playing well. And the last few matches he has been. And look, look what's happening. So Yeah. So, like, going forward, does he continue that vein of form and finding his old boots? Or does... Because, like, the fixtures are easy, but there's also a lot of them. So mm. how do you balance that? Because, like you guys said, Lorente is useless. So he's going to have to play a lot of minutes, but it's going to be a lot of minutes against easier teams. So I have no idea. And we've talked a lot about mm. how I'm terrible at predictions. Shut up. We'll get there. And I'm, <laughs> But I'm good at analysis. <laughs> um, and so looking ahead, trying to predict it, I'm like, I could see either side of it, right? There's a lot of fixtures. So that is not great for someone who struggles with fitness and injury, but there's easy fixtures. So that bodes well. So like kind of who knows, I guess. But I think at the very least we can say Spurs thoroughly outplayed Chelsea. Kane thoroughly looked like his old self, and they fully deserved that. I mean, 4.0 on the XG is ridiculous. That's Man City-level yeah. numbers, right? So they yeah. just fucking ran through Chelsea. Well, I remember you made, a, you made a comment a few weeks ago that those sorts of XG numbers don't usually come up unless you're talking Barcelona. Right. Gen- you know, yeah. Anything above like 3.5 yeah. is like a crazy day. Yeah. yeah, ever from any team. Yeah, exactly. Never mind a top. Uh, never mind a, a top of the table kind of clash like a yeah like top tier teams like that's yeah that's a good day at the office for Tottenham and a very bad day at the office for Chelsea and it yeah. just goes to show that David Luiz should not be a Premier League player. <laughs> All right, so I think we thoroughly covered Tottenham there. So I guess we should switch over to Chelsea now. Move on over to the other team in that match before we get on for too long in part one. 
Was there another um, team in that match? Yeah, oof. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, That's cold. Ow. Cold. Oh, that hurt. The first hurt one's the deepest. Jesus Oscar. Christ. Okay. <laughs> From the Chelsea fan perspective, because I know, Ian, you tweeted and were asking, like, is the honeymoon period over with Sari? And that's kind of been the, at least the narrative in the media from this match. I don't agree with that at all. In For two different reasons. Insofar as there was a honeymoon period, I don't really think that anything has changed. Um, he had said it all along, and I, a lot of Chelsea fans were, myself included, saying, we're getting the results, but we're not playing that well. And they're going to mm. start to click later on as we go further into the season. So as long as they can keep getting the results, once it starts clicking, that's when it starts to be much more dangerous. So I don't really think the issues that came up in this match are necessarily new issues. So from that perspective, I don't know that it kills a honeymoon period. I don't necessarily know that there was anything like a honeymoon period. It was just like, happened to be getting good results against weaker yeah. teams. Yeah, no, but but not even against weaker teams, but, but it's still playing well. But we, we said before the season starts, and you know, you've got to have a bit of perspective on it, that for Chelsea and Arsenal, there are huge changes going on. Arsenal for for getting rid of Wenger and and trying to change the ideology of twenty something years, and and Chelsea for for bringing in this entirely different style. And right. So f- for them to have a, a a bump in the road, you know, albeit yes, it's you know Tottenham tore them apart, but but Tottenham, it's it's not like this was a result you got against Cardiff or Huddersfield or right, 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 yeah, or someone. So I don't, I don't think you can really say it's a honeymoon period falling down. I think it's just, it's just part of a rebuilding and restructuring period, really. Yeah, exactly. And all of the issues that were, you know, how Chelsea got defeated in this match are things that we have talked about on this pod, let alone much more intelligent and insightful people have talked about in the months since the season started. You know, I've, I've banged on and on about how the left flank our defensive left flank is how teams are going to destroy us. And you look at Sun's goal, which admittedly a beautiful goal, but like, why is our slowest, weakest defensively midfielder playing left back there? Like Sun blew through Jorginho on that play. And why is that? Because Alonso's never anywhere to be found on defense. And I've complained about that before. Like that's not a new thing. I've mentioned that as far back as game week two, the match that I was at with Arsenal. I said all of the chances that they were creating were coming up Alonso's flank, right? And so that happened today, or rather against Spurs. You mentioned David Luiz, right? And I said this online, like, David Luiz isn't great defensively. I think he's in the team for other reasons, most notably his hair. very, very good passing, <laughs> right? Hair. Like, his hair and his passing, yes. And, and, <laughs> and, and the occasions when he decides that he wants to take a three, free kick and just smash a ball. Oh, he's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I said this on Twitter, um, and I think, Ian, you might have retweeted it, too, and that I said that there, Chelsea can have, realistically, they should only have one, at most, two of the following things if they want to be a successful team against better teams, right? They've been able to pull it off against worse teams because they can kind of get away with a lot, but against, like, a Liverpool, against the Spurs, God forbid, against the City, one of these things. Alonso at left back. Louise at center back or Jorginho instead of Conte at defensive mid, right? Like if you're going to play Alonso, you can't have Louise next to him because Louise is not good enough to cover the entire left flank. He's not. He gets sucked into a tackle because he doesn't know what to do and he gets drawn out of position. That's what happened in the sun goal, right? And so like he can't handle an entire left flank. He needs a good defensive left back next to him if he's going to play center back, especially in a back four. Uh, Alonso needs a good defensive center back next to him if he's going to play the left back position because then, you know, you would need someone to cover that space. Someone like a young John Terry who could cover an entire left side by himself. Or if you're going to have those guys, then you need a damn good defensive midfielder to cover in front of them so that it stops the chances before they get there. And Jorginho is not that defensive mid. If only Chelsea had one. Right, exactly. So like, you could play Conte. Or you could play someone else at center back, or you could play a different left back. Like, But something there needs to change. And all of those are things that we had talked about all season long. And I think that all of it just came to a boil, came to a head in this particular match. And it showed. The other thing we've talked about is why the hell is Willian starting over Pedro? I know Willian is better in isolation, but Pedro works better in the system. 
right? And Morata. What the fuck is Morata doing up there? Fun fact. Being offside. Hazard. Well, besides being offside, yeah. Hazard has not scored a goal with Morata on the field. All seven of Hazard's goals have been with Giroud on the field. Another fun fact. Uh, Morata's been caught offside more than Bournemouth have this season. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. And he scored twice against Palace. Hey. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even saying that Giroud is a better striker because Giroud doesn't really score that many goals either. But Giroud's great. Giroud is great in the system. Yeah, he's great in the system because he's like a backboard off of which Hazard can play, and he creates space for Hazard, and Hazard goes and scores goals. Right. So like, these are all things that we've talked about over and over again, and all of a sudden, all of them paid out at once. And then what happens is Spurs put up 4.0 XG against Chelsea because Chelsea are like, you know, a defensive liability in a lot of ways. And so, like, I think that obviously it was upsetting and embarrassing and fucking terrible because it happened against fucking Spurs of all teams. Like, come on, guys. It's just Spurs. It's Spurs. Really? <laughs> There's but, the Fergie in you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that now Sari has to address these issues. He can't get away with ignoring them anymore. So that's kind of the silver lining here for me, at least, is that like he has to know now we either got to change the system or change the personnel. Yeah, I think he does know. And he's very candid in his interviews and not in the the Mourinho slagging people off way. But when he just gets asked, uh, are you are you in the place where you want to be right now? He's like, no, no, this could be better. You know, when we said about when he said about Alvaro Morata, in one post match and then and then after this game he's like, No, we, we weren't good enough and that's not not how we should play and, and you know, he knows he identifies the areas. But you know, before he started he also said it would take until November to get to know where the team are. Yeah, I, I think the big thing for me is I wanna see those changes enacted in the next match, like this weekend. I don't wanna see that same lineup in that same formation. That's the thing, because nothing nothing you've said isn't sort of fixable I mean like you said you've got a defensive midfielder you don't have to play Louise uh, David Louise on the same side as Alonso because he's constantly bombing forward yeah it, it seemed weird to me that those sorts of basics weren't you know you don't you don't set up like that against Tottenham it yeah it seemed, no. it seemed very odd to me it's the the really concerning thing for me is the Louise Alonso situation like Willian fine just play Pedro Murata fine just play Giroud Central Mm. midfield, maybe switch Conte and Jorginho. It's not that Conte can't play that position. I think he's good with the ball on his feet. I think he's pretty good getting forward. He's been a really good box-to-box guy. Yeah. But, you know, you need the defense there. But, yeah, that's it. I mean, it was a great match from a neutral perspective. Brutal, brutal match from a Chelsea perspective. But I'd imagine it was fun for everyone else to watch. And It was a fun match to watch. It It was was. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to pretend it wasn't, and I'm not going to be one of those fans that's like, "Oh fuck, sorry, fire him," and yeah, yeah, Louise out. Like, you know, you try to be reserved, right? Like, you try to be somewhat objective about this. Spurs were better; they had the right tactics in shutting down Jorginho and attacking the left side, and Kane looked good. And that's basically it. Like, that's all it was. It's scary that it's that easy to shut Chelsea down. Now <laughs> other teams are just going to stick someone on Jorginho too. Maybe mm. you should stop speaking about it then. Because <laughs> a lot of people listen to us, but. All right, well, that'll wrap it up for, I think, that match. Uh, we'll take a short break because that took a while. And we'll come back, do a brief, brief thing on some of the other matches from the weekend. And look ahead. Stick around, we'll be back in a bit. Welcome back to the Miles Offside podcast, where I feel like we've spoken for a little bit too long about some good teams in the <laughs> table, doing a deep dive on Tottenham, and even though they had a, a bit of a poor result this week, Chelsea, they're still a very good team. Let's talk about the bottom part of the table, chaps, because it's getting very, very close down there. Um, lest you have noticed, Newcastle are up in 13th place. After beating Woo. Burnley 2-1. Heady Heights. Heights. They've, <laughs> they've won three of their last four gents. And the other one was a draw as well. And gone from bottom to 13th. In, it's so close. Like, that bottom half of the table, is it? Is it just a load of sleeping giants? Or is it just a shower of crap? 
<laughs> shower of crap. I mean, we we said it before, didn't we? There seem there seems to be a real gap between the top top half and the bottom half. I mean, I don't know if it's exactly cut like that, but I mean, the gap is is ridiculous. And yeah, I think it's going to be. I think you're going to get like teams going on little runs and leapfrogging a few. You know, it's. I think it's going to be like this all season. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 so close down there now. I mean, Fulham. Fulham got themselves a good win this week. Um, well, it's, I say a good win. It's not like they were playing a good team in Southampton, but one of those games where they absolutely had to win, um, you know, and, and, and with Ranieri um, coming in because we missed that last week, talking about uh, the great Stan Lee and Marvel. Um, Ranieri comes in and gets Mitro to do a couple of goals. Yeah, I don't mind that. I like some Mitro goals for my fantasy teams. We all <laughs> like some Mitro goals just for life in general. Like... He can't just be scoring them for Serbia, right? He's yeah. the he's the second he's he's in second place for the top scorers in the league now on seven yeah. goals. Although real quick for all the love that Ranieri got, um Fulham one point four to Southampton one point six. So three two is pretty high scoring from both teams, but especially for Fulham to win after having less XG than Southampton is uh is pretty Yeah, but Southampton are garbage aren't they yeah no what i'm saying is they're both garbage so fulham getting a win they weren't actually <laughs> better um particularly at least according to the numbers they just happened to get a win which happened you know the only team that is like markedly worse than anyone else down there is burnley burnley's underlying numbers continue to have them at bottom of the table and by a pretty wide margin compared to everyone else like they are just by far the worst yeah and get getting beaten out by newcastle with two goals it was it was it was two one at half time and and neither of those teams score any goals. Um, it's just typical that the them wasn't another goal whatsoever. But yeah, New, Newcastle enjoying a bit of a good a good run of form, which as we said has taken them from twentieth to thirteenth. They've gone above West Ham in the table, but it's still only if you can believe it. There are four points between twentieth and thirteenth. Yeah, it's crazy. Four points, and 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 the thing is. Out of all of those teams in in the bottom in the bottom eight, Fulham are joint top scorers. So <laughs> Fulham, Fulham and West Ham are joint top scorers, and they're in like twentieth and fourteenth respectively. And then the rest of the teams are just a shower of shit. I mean, and I can say that as now I officially support the lowest scoring team in the league. Hmm. Uh, oh boy. Uh, oh, now I know why Maradona was was thinking it. Oh, I've got it now, like where it came from. Just thinking about Crystal Palace's lack of goals. Crystal yeah. Palace's <laughs> lack of goals. I mean... You had 13 shots against Man United. I know. Oh, and Andros Townsend so went wasteful. through and David De Gea went full David De Gea and just did really well as a world-class keeper should and... That was Man United's like second clean sheet of the season. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Townsend, but... I, Townsend, that's got to be one of the misses like of the season so far. I know it wasn't like a sitter or anything, but after doing all that work, yeah, he he ran yeah. through oh. that whole team. Like I think that's it was like so, four or five so players. Brutal. Yeah, brutal. But before the game, you know, if you if you don't see that and and you see, you know, someone tells you before the game is, you, you know, you're going to get nil nil today. Like I, I'd take that point against Man United, yeah, at Old Trafford as well. Like, yeah, you know, Palace, Palace. For for me, like you know, we had Chelsea, uh, Tottenham, Arsenal, and Man United, and to come out of that with two points, like you can't really that's not be bad. too, too yeah, sad that's not about bad that when when the team was so shit before. It's just it's just whether now they they actually do something and 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 start to to get themselves in a bit of a better position come January because yeah Lord knows we need it yeah yeah and twen- here's something fun that I just noticed looking at the table twentieth place is as close to tenth as United are to Tottenham hmm. <laughs> like fuck <Wow>. okay <laughs> that is equally a statement on how tight it is at the bottom and how many shit teams there are and how really genuinely bad United have been this season. Like United aren't underperforming their numbers. They're exactly where they should be in terms of their numbers. They're fucking terrible. Yeah. They are very much. I, I like, you know, cause we were, we were, I said that we were going to talk about the good teams in the first half and the bad teams in the second. And I think man United are quite a good link way between that because they're a good team that are just shit. <laughs> yeah, one point three to one point one against Palace. Yeah, um, like, team. 
And it's good to see Mourinho digging out Anthony Martial after the game. Because uh, because he's not really performed much recently. <laughs> send, send him into the loving arms of a certain blue team in London. I wouldn't mind a certain blue team in London that could use a striker. He's one of about ten ten players that uh, contract run out in June. Yeah, so he's going to go somewhere cheap in January. Matt, I mean, they've got like I think Man United have got an option to extend for a year on a, a lot of them players, but there could be a lot of business around. Uh, Man United in January and summer because they've got they've got a lot of contracts to tie up. Well, that worries me then because if they're going to keep Mourinho there and drive all those players away, like are they just are they leaving Mourinho in so they just get rid of a load of players off their wage bill so they can just like start afresh? Is that what's happening? It's a risky tactic. <laughs> it's a Last bit. time Mourinho was at Chelsea, that's when we lost. Uh, let's see, Lukaku, De Bruyne. Torgen Hazard, who's tearing it up in Germany. Mo Salah. Uh, Mo Salah, Sherla, Juan Mata. Well, you know, uh, not all of these guys are superstars, but more than a few of them like, yeah. are the three of the like better better players in the league, best players in the league. So like, if United's going to do the same thing, I really don't mind. <laughs> I really don't. Um, but I do think it's going to be a really busy January for a lot of people. I think the window closing early caught some teams off guard, especially with how close it was to the World Cup. Mm. And I think mm. that a lot of teams with a lot of money, because the Premier League is so rich now, are looking at January being like, we really need to get this kind of player in. We really need to get that. And, you know, we talked mm. about that with Chelsea, but I think there's other teams too. The only thing with the January window is, is that, you know, uh, opposition, the, the teams you're buying from have a really clear image of what you need and what kind of situation you're in. So any team at the minute in in the lower half of the Premier League or, or anyone that's looking for a striker, the prices are just going to hike right up. And, and that's not just because of that, but also because of the Premier League money involved. And so it's, you know, January transfer signings are always a big risk. And I say that as a team that is supporting a team that has lived in the January transfer window for the last four seasons uh, and made all of their record signings in that window. And and yeah, it's just a it's just a pain. But I th- I think you're definitely right. I think it wasn't really. I think a lot of the teams probably regretted going for the this uh, shortened transfer window this year off, off the back of the World Cup. Yeah. Because yeah, there's there's definitely got to be some suffering in there. Based on this chat, let me go in with the listener question early. So, uh, Dave Dave Matteo, uh, our brilliant guest Who? from last episode. Don't know, never heard of him. Who? Um, he says, with January fast approaching, what realistic signing would you both like your teams to make? So, realistic. <laughs> uh, am I limited to just one? <laughs> <laughs> no, not necessarily. You've already I mean, I'll, I'll throw two quick names out there that Chelsea have already been linked with a lot in the papers, yeah. and not just The Sun and The Daily Fail. I mean, Daily Mail. Um, <laughs> yeah, you were right the first time. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Alexandro, the left back, um, plays for, I believe, Juventus. He's been linked with, was linked a lot over the summer, continues to be linked. Um, and I just spent 25 minutes of the first half of the pod talking about how Luis and Alonso shouldn't be playing next to each other, but we don't really have other options. Would love a left back to come in. I think he's one of the better up and down left backs in, left backs in the world. I think he offers as much defensively as he does getting forward. So I don't know that we'd be losing any of Alonso's attack, um, but we would certainly be gaining so much defense there. One of the other names that Chelsea have been linked with a lot is Anthony Martial. He hasn't played striker lately, but I think that's his preferred position still. And he has to offer more than Morata or Giroud do. Like, I like Giroud in the system, but he shouldn't, he shouldn't be good enough to be the main primary starting striker for a team that holds at least some aspirations to win a title and be, ru- be running around in the Champions League. Right? Like, I like Olivier Giroud, but he's not the A guy. Um, and then the other fun one that I don't think we need at all, but that would just be really, really fun. It would make me so happy is Christian Pulisic because he is without a doubt the most talented American ever. He's lighting it up in the Bundesliga and he keeps talking about how he wants to move to the Premier League, specifically maybe in January. And City and Chelsea and I believe Liverpool are the three teams in the running, but um, obviously I'm hoping it's Chelsea. So. As for Palace, realistic signings? Um, Daniel Sturridge on loan. <laughs> the realism is strong. <laughs> yeah, that's my kind of part. I mean, before before his horrible, horrible, horrific injury, 
It was Danny Welbeck being linked three days before. Um, and so obviously then there were memes everywhere of, you know, find out you might be getting transferred to Crystal Palace. Quick, break your leg. Mm. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it's it's no surprise that, that where we have problems is up front. Um, I also think we've lacked a bit in midfield, but I don't think that's that we haven't had the players. It's just that Hodgson hasn't really picked the right, the, the right team. Um, and also, I think Luka Milivojevic has been an absolute shadow of his of his former self in the last um, kind of season, so last year's um, form, and 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 not really been with it and been beaten quite often, um, making some last ditch tackles or lunging tackles that have just gone nowhere near the players and they've just ghosted past him on many occasions. Yeah. Um, as well as playing James McArthur as a starting role. Um, and I, I love James McArthur and I, I think he's fantastic for us and, he, and he's one of those players that he comes on and he can really, really disrupt and change the at least the intensity of a game. Um, he's not the most technically skilled player but he can always get into the box and, 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 and nab a goal and he got, he got a few last year. But to start him just doesn't really work. He should be coming on towards the end. We've still well. Let me throw a name out there for you then. Go on, then. Uh, Ruben. <laughs> a lot of talk that Ruben wants to go out on loan again. He's been playing in the Europa League. He's been playing in the cup competitions, but his minutes in the Premier League have been very limited. Yeah. Um, and I could easily see him wanting to go out on loan for the rest of the season somewhere. He had a good relationship at Palace, and it seemed to be looking pretty good last season. Yeah, do, really. Do you good. see him maybe? Really, really good, and he's he's. You know he's a South London boy as well, so so that helps, especially with the identity of the club and and how strongly it is linked with the area, um, with academy players and such coming through. I, I would never say no to Ruben coming back, um, but I think that would be more of a heart ruling head kind of deal because okay. I think Palace fans would have a real good. It's it's the same kind of thing that's happened with like Mamadou Sakho. That all Palace fans, because of when he came on loan and he was absolutely amazing, all Palace wanted was Sacco, 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 and and just could forsake anything else. And then we end up spending like thirty odd million on him um, to come in, and and no doubt he's good, but still got a mistake on him. Has never really been the same as when he had that loan spell. Him and Tompkins have have been inconsistent with injuries and and not had so much protection again because because Luca's off off it. And so, although Ruben would be amazing, I don't know at the minute where he would fit within the team um, so much. But it would be nice to see more of Max Meyer. We've still hardly seen any of him as as, mm. as good as oh, he's yeah. meant to have been. Um, oh, I literally forgot about him. Yeah. And we're going to get Benteke back. Which Benteke we get back, who knows? Oh, well, that's like a sign-in. Yeah, it's not... <laughs> I mean, I, I, no, no, no. Okay, Oscar, is it shaking his head. It is, is it like though? a signing. He didn't say it was a good signing. To be fair, it's like a signing. We've got Jordan Ayew, and that's like, what's the point of that? Like, just send. There's him no back. mid-level strikers that could go out on loan from a like Chelsea, City, Liverpool. Have some like young kid. Like we have Batshuayi. He's out on loan in Spain right now. Yeah, doing really well. He was doing well, then he stopped doing well, now he's doing well again. There's got to be some young striker somewhere, right? Like, fucking, what's Iheanacho doing? He's at Leicester now, right? Yeah, Leicester. He's not really been the same since since leaving Man City. Um, and I wouldn't really say that he's the answer to the question. I don't know. Why did we pull at this thread? <laughs> <laughs> no worries, no worries. Forget it. I <laughs> I hate January windows. I hate transfer windows so much because give it give it another week and you'll see you'll see Zaha to Tottenham and Chelsea again simply because Palace are low down in the table and that's that's just it the the same old terrible newspapers two of which Oscar mentioned earlier um will we, we'll just churn out the exact same articles. They'll probably say it's Wilfred Zaha but put it as a picture of Jeffrey Schlupp because that's what they do, and they've done it twice with Wan Bissaka this season. Um, <laughs> oh my they're God. retarded so... re- racists. Jesus um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's more January windows. I just want to just keep our players more um, than anything else. Not that it answers your question, Dave, but yeah, we'll probably be linked to Daniel Sturridge. Um, obscure players in Norway, 
Sweden, uh, some in North Africa. Um, we'll be linked to Abubakar again because that's happened every window for the past three years. Uh, but like, who do you want? I guess the question was, who do you want? So Sergio Aguero. No, okay. you, the question was realistic. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm changing the rules. <laughs> so, Chuck, why don't you cheer yourself up and uh, talk about the Predictor League? Predictor League, League of Predictions, predictors. making predictions <laughs> that we don't know what we're gonna happen, and some of us are good and most of us are bad, like Oscar. Um. <laughs> How are we doing? Top three is actually technically a top two. Huh? Oh. That is because second and third are both even on 42 points. Sadly, friend of ours, John OG, has dropped out of the top three and is now sitting at 50 points. But in joint second on 42 is Mr. James Doncaster and Mr. Adam P. Top of the pile Pad four on 38. Ian, you are in sixth. So holding steady. Holding steady. I am in 18th <laughs> on equal points with your son, who is now going to overtake a second person from this podcast. <laughs> and sadly, I can't say way down anymore because he's not that far behind me but he is still in last <laughs> Oscar however you are only on 80 points now oh so that's no fun no sorry <laughs> that your dream of, of of hitting the 100 club yeah doesn't really look like it right. well yeah, it'll I mean, start there's still time it'll start being fun again when I'm above you in the table at least but <laughs> yeah I mean sadly it's it this is the problem with Wolves not winning in five games they're they're dangerously veering close to your prediction of being 20th in the league. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so that's where you're going to sneak up on me. Um, but yeah, and then our draft. Uh, do, you know, do you know how that's going, guys? Uh, quickly, why not? Go on, quickly. Oh, Ian, that's surprising. Yeah, go, on, go for that. <laughs> um, so Chucky is on 68 points. With his picks of Liverpool, Crystal Palace, Leicester, and Southampton. I'm going to go ahead and guess that Chuck is above me, otherwise he would have tried to skip over this section. God, I wish I hadn't picked Southampton. <laughs> Oscar is on 69 One point in it, as Oscar corrected. has Chelsea, Manchester United, West Ham, and Fulham. And Ian... The Stimpson, IS, the man himself. <laughs> Drum roll, please. He is at about Oscar's target score for the Predictor League. 114. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm on uh, 69, you said? 45, yeah, you are. Yes. Um, <laughs> 45 points ahead of you. Wow. The game is over. No See, one So cares. he's going to finish like double us easily. That's the, that's got to be the challenge, doesn't it? Really, to beat your cumulative score. Oh my god, are we are we going to have to unite, Oscar? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, that's so unlikely to ever happen. It's the only way we stand a chance of winning. <laughs> I'm still angry at you for picking Palace where you did. You fucked the whole game. <laughs> I didn't. I just it handed it to Ian. Ian gave me a payoff. He went. He went full. He's being investigated by the FIFA ethics board. That's <laughs> <laughs> We'll be in season 10 of this podcast and I'll still be talking about how you picked Palace in that first fucking season. It will be in season 10 of this podcast and you'll still be thinking about how I picked Palace in that season as well. Yeah. <laughs> Every year. Always the this same. Is we can. And I'm going to keep picking Fulham. I'm going to keep yeah. picking Fulham to be in 10th place. There are flaws in this game. Yeah, their names are Chuck and Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> it was your game. It was your game, dude. Yeah, the Predictor League is your game. And we're both getting beaten by an eight-year-old. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not getting beaten by you. Yeah. I'm tied with <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Even footing. So there we go for the Predictor League games. As shambolic as they are. Um, gents, should we talk about next week's games? Some real games. Real games. Love games. 
Friday night football. <laughs> Friday night football. Oh, Wait. shit. There's a Friday kickoff. Thank you for that. I definitely would have missed it. Oh, no. You would have missed Cardiff Wolves. Oh, Cardiff. no. <laughs> the Cardiff Bluebirds versus the Wolverhampton Wolf Wanderers. <laughs> yeah, no one wants to see that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Warnock will have a lovely time. Maybe. All right, Cardiff will win. I'm, I'm saying it. Boom. Cardiff win. And then Warnock tells Espirito Santo to fuck off again. <laughs> oh, that was great. That was lovely. <laughs> Refusing to shake his hand. Classic Because Warnock. Warnock's never done something like that. Yeah. Mm. Then on Saturday, Crystal Palace, Burnley. God, we're going to lose. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. I'm not laughing at you, Chuck. I'm laughing <laughs> with you. You're not laughing with me because I'm not laughing. <laughs> So you hate the transfer window. You yes. hate the matches. He hates football. You hate your national team. <laughs> oh, just try and support a shit team, Oscar. <laughs> just try it. Just have this carrot of hope dangled in front of you week in, week out. Go through a period where you didn't think you'd get anything and you get two points and then be met with, oh, Burnley. Oh, they're terrible. Uh, we'll still lose that game. <laughs> uh, and then you know having this run of Burnley uh, Brighton as well oh, it's a derby that'd be good and then uh, West Ham and then Leicester uh, that's like oh we should be getting 7 to 9 points out of that games we'll get 2 and, get, and that's what will happen because it's you just it's always get the, 2 no matter who it is yeah it's the same it's the first half of the year so we're just going to be crap and then we're going to go on a ridiculous run the last 9 games and just get saved by the skin of our teeth nil nil then yeah, yeah nil nil Huddersfield uh, <laughs> Brighton Leicester Watford Man City Bournemouth mm, I smell that's a, a paddling yeah <laughs> that's a paddling uh, Newcastle West Ham Southampton Man United nil nil there are no good Matches, because the good matches are on Sunday. Yeah, Chelsea, by which you mean Chelsea, Chelsea Fulham. Fulham, dicking. Arsenal Spurs, Spurs get Spurs do a dicking, and Liverpool Everton, Liverpool do a dicking. <laughs> Those are some good derbies. Those are some like legit derbies on Sunday. Yeah, Chelsea Fulham are like less than a mile apart. Yeah, but is there really a rivalry? It's not really. Uh, we pretty much, like, going back to Clint Dempsey, speaking of the last time there was a good American in the Premier League, <laughs> we pretty much fucking hate Fulham. When? When was there a. Oh, right, okay. Hey, hey. Clint Dempsey was fantasy gold for a while. He, he, was, was, he, was, he was a gold. <laughs> real dust. life gold, too. Wasn't Clint, Clint Dempsey a rapper as well? He has, yeah, he has that one off. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, what? When oh. he was in college. Okay, there's a new episode teaser. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, there's like proper animosity between Chelsea and Fulham and it's nice to have them back like I I like watching that match um because it it does get a bit feisty let's say um and I'm kind of hoping that Chelsea really do a dicking there be nice to have Sherla back at the bridge much love Andre scored probably my favorite one of my favorite ever Chelsea goals in 2014 so that's cool but then obviously the he big also scored ones. the uh didn't he also score the seventh goal against Brazil in that semi-final that's right that's that's a global favorite goal. That one is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the other two giant giant matches on Sunday. The the proud like as much as it pains me to say so, the biggest London derby is Arsenal Spurs, and then obviously Liverpool Everton. Like that is always red card central. Liverpool Everton does not fail to entertain. Which is weird because it's known as the friendly derby, isn't it? Like the fans don't hate each other. I mean Liverpool Liverpool's main rival is Manchester United, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Everton fans hate Liverpool, though. I always find it a bit of a nothing derby, though. Like you say, it's usually good on the pitch, like. But yeah, yeah, I don't think it's and the same as Arsenal, Arsenal Spurs, really. Like it's not. I don't think it's that heated as everyone says. I think there's very few. It does, see I mean... that feels like the opposite. It feels like the fans, the fans, like don't like each other. But the match, I don't think. Ever... Does the match ever really catch fire? I'd. I don't know. Deli Ali does love a good shit house. Well, <laughs> Danny Ali is a shithouse. So. Yeah, he, he is the absolute ultimate wind-up merchant. Yeah. He's yeah. a shit house. house. <laughs> He's mighty, mighty. 
Shit. Let it all hang out. <laughs> a real butt sneeze of a human being. Yeah, an absolute butt sneeze. God. Isn't that like a celebration on Fortnite or something? The butt sneeze? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, I'm not down with the kids enough. I think the butt sneeze is the sound that Thanos makes when Thor rocks up with that new axe. What is happening right now? <laughs> Good fixture preview, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there we go. So basically what we're saying is um, go out on Friday night, um, yep. sleep in on Saturday, and um, be fresh on Sunday. Ian, any saucy predictions for this weekend? Anything jump out to you that you want to put a hot take on? No, not particularly. I think I think Arsenal-Spurs should, should be interesting just because Spurs are going to be on a massive high. Arsenal laboured the point against Bournemouth uh, last week, I thought. Bournemouth? More like bored much? Good. Good. Thanks for coming. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so before we go, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, we are Miles Offside Pod on Twitter, Miles Offside on Facebook, and Miles Offside Pod at gmail.com on the email if you want to be a luminary like Dave Matteo. Um, and also we've got um, an Amazon link, which I will put in the show notes. Uh, if you want to take an Amazon Prime uh, one month free trial, then uh, you can do that through that link that I'll put in the show notes. And it gives us a little kickback to support us. And you get a one month free trial of Amazon Prime to get all your Christmas presents delivered for free. For free. For free. Nothing. Gratis. Yeah. Complimentary. Well, that about wraps it up for this week, gentlemen. Thank you very much. It's good to be back talking about football. Oscar, anything else to add? Any closing thoughts? Any final words? Good day, mate. <laughs> oh, dear. Shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Dingo ate a baby. Ian, can you please say something good so we don't end on that? <laughs> uh, I, I just... No. <laughs> just no. Chuck, you're a... Well, then... In the wise words of Diego Maradona. And goodbye.